Have you ever dreamed of directing a feature film that became a smash hit at the box office? Or imagining your acceptance speech for your Academy Award for Best Director? Films like The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, Penguins of Madagascar, and Horrible Bosses 2 are accomplishing just that. According to BoxOfficeMojo.com, these blockbusters along with Big Hero 6 and Interstellar have grossed over $675 million in the first two weekends of December. What makes a great film? What makes a great director? Even the best directors had to start somewhere. Find out how on our Teen Day Arts and Entertainment special broadcast as we feature student directors from the LA Film Fest Future Filmmaker Showcases. Coming up, select student directors will give us a glimpse of what it takes to bring a script to life. You're listening to the 2014 Teen Day Arts and Entertainment Special presented by 91.7 The Edge, Radio Airlift, Daily Jefferson County Union, Mirror Media Group, Ripped Marketing Group, and the Los Angeles Public Library. Is your basement prepared for the upcoming flood season? What about a broken pipe in your kitchen? Or plunge too hard on your backed up toilet? Bacteria, viruses, and mold can become airborne and be inhaled putting you at risk for lung disease or other serious illnesses. Pro Carpet Rescue is certified and has over 15 years experience in water removal due to flooding, broken pipes, and sewer backup. They are locally owned and operated. For details and information, visit ProCarpetRescue.com or by calling 262-949-4929. Since 1988, Diversified Personnel Services has been connecting motivated people with top employers in Jefferson Dodge in Dane County along with the Lake Country and surrounding areas. Employers who partner with DPS fund vital vocational programs for youth and adults with disabilities and other barriers to employment. More information about DPS is available by contacting Ann Jan Court at 920-563-2437 or visiting dpsworks.com. Want to follow the pulse of the west side of Los Angeles? Want to know all the latest news and events from Beverly Hills to Santa Monica? WestsideToday.com is updated daily with top news as it breaks, and video featuring hot happy hours, top dining spots, and local events covering Santa Monica, Venice, Malibu, Westwood, West LA, Brentwood, Century City, and Beverly Hills. WestsideToday.com is the source for local news. Now back to our Teen Day Arts and Entertainment special on 91.7 The Edge, Radio Airlift, and the Teen Day Radio Network. Hey, you're on air with Amanda, and I have Adam Cooper, who is one of the coolest film directors I have ever talked to. So, Adam. Hello. Hi. Um, why don't we start off by you telling us all a little bit about yourself? Um... Sure, my name is Adam Cooper. Um, I am a film student at Columbia College in Chicago. Um, I've been making movies since I was very little with my brother, uh, Daniel Cooper. He's my twin brother. And um, he's at NYU, uh, also studying film. And we love making movies. So, when you were little, you made these movies. Were they like kid movies or were they like actual movie movies? Uh, when we were little, well, we. We got, um, in first grade, um, a thing called the Digital Blue, which was this this little handheld camera. You, you you hold the button down to record, and it only does, like, 20 seconds at a time. Um, so we would we would run around with that thing, never letting it go. Um, we sort of spent our whole childhood with that thing and, and just make, making little, like, stupid movies um, that were a lot of fun. 
Um, and we sort of just grew from there, you know, thinking, going to like film camps and stuff, and just learning. Okay, so yesterday I got to watch Amber Graham. It was okay. awesome. So where oh, did you come you. up with the idea for that? Um, the idea for Amber Graham, uh, we made that film about two years ago. Um, I actually got the idea of watching the movie Vertigo by Alfred Hitchcock. There's a scene where um, you see a painting and Jimmy Stewart's sitting on one side of the painting and um, uh, one of the other characters um, goes up to the painting and, and has a reaction, like it's like a horrified reaction to this painting, and we, we don't see the painting. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, that's like amazing how how... We see her reaction, but we don't see the painting. That's all we need to understand this scene. We don't even need to see this painting. We just need to see what what the painting induces to the the characters. So um, we sort of use the same um, theme for or uh, strategy for Amagram Hill. It's it's all centered around this one painting, which the society is horrified by, um, and we don't actually show the painting until halfway through the movie because you just don't need to see it, and it builds it up, and when you only do see it, you have uh, all of this pre-determination of the horse thing it is, that you just on it when you only do see it. And I guess that's a um, long version of how we came up with that. Awesome. So, is that how you come up with the ideas for all your other films, too? Like, you um, see something and you just kind of fill in, like, a different storyline, almost? Uh, not necessarily. I, I think I think really random things, I just I guess, can just inspire an idea. Um, most of the time, it's, it's when we're watching a movie that we love or, or a TV show. Like, we, we watch a lot of The Twilight Zone. And um, those are some of the most clever uh, scripts ever written. And um, little like things in those might might inspire some things, some ideas. Cool. I really I really like that. So you started back when you were little. So since then, how many films do you think you've made? Um, it depends if if we're talking films that where we can be, like, proud of or films that we don't ever want anyone to see. <laughs> uh, um, let's go in a whole general, because even the ones that you don't want people uh, to see still count. Um, okay, then probably, like, hundreds. I don't know, just because we made... When we, were, when we were little, we would shoot, like, a little video mm-hmm. every week. So, probably in the hundreds. Wow. <laughs> so let's mm-hmm. talk about... The films you're proud of. Which um, okay. Yeah. Um, I'd say there's three of them um, that have three three films that that we will, will we're happy to show people and have gotten some recognition. Um, and yeah, there's there's one called Luck, um, which we made before Ambergram. There's one called The Case of Ambergram. Um, which played at the Los Angeles Film Festival. And then our most recent one was called The Fourth Wall, which actually won um, first place in the youth competition at Holly Short Film Festival in, at the Chinese Theater in Hollywood, California. And that was very cool. Yeah, it sounds very cool. So, yeah, it was me. 
have any of your other movies gotten awards too? Uh, yes. Um, the Case of Amber Graham won staff choice at uh, a festival called the National Film Festival for Talented Youth in Seattle, Washington. Um, and it, uh, it won, or it, it was officially selected to play at Los Angeles Film Festival, and Luck won a couple of um, small festivals in Michigan. Crazy awesome. So, you're in college, right? Uh, yeah, I'm in my second year of college. Okay, so now school has started back up. Do you think you'll be mm-hmm. able to, we, do you get less time to work on your movies, or do you still go at it like you normally do? If anything, we have more time because we're in film school. We have more resources to, uh, you know, for equipment and and more connections to um, more specialized people in different uh, uh, positions that could be in a movie. Uh, and my brother and I still we're trying to make at least one short film every year, um, working on a script at separate states and then over breaks coming together and and going into production on those, and then editing when we go to school. Well, that seems like you have it all planned out. Uh, yeah, we're, yeah, I mean, we're taking our two separate um, paths, with him being in New York, me being in Chicago, and, and really doing our best to combine our, our knowledge of what we're learning, and hopefully after school, really, really going on, you know, bigger things. That's really good. Oh, do you have any way sure. that people can contact you or watch your movies? Do you have a website? Uh, we do have a site that um, needs to be updated, but I can give it. It's um, cooperbrothersfilms.com. Just cooperbrothers with an S, films.com. Um, or if you can, if you like to contact us, um, you can uh, do that through our email, just cooperbrothersfilms at yahoo.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again. It's been amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Hey, it's Amanda, and I'm here with Greg Hedgepath. How's it going Hello. today? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing okay. I mean, sun is out. It's a little chilly, but I can't complain. Well, here in California these days, the sun is always out, and we complain because we want uh, the sun to go away and some water to come down from the sky. I would totally be okay if you want to, like, switch climate zones with me right now. <laughs> maybe te- maybe temporarily. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't we start by you telling me a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I am uh, in the industry what's called a supervising sound editor. So I'm in charge of the sound for the movies that I work on, and that means that – and I'm in post-production. So, of course, production is – the portion of the, the film when everything is being shot, the actors are there, the cameras are rolling. Then after that is all done, the, the film editing process begins where they edit picture. And when that's partly done, almost done, they, they turn picture over to me, and I start the process of having sound edited for the picture. So when a movie is shot, a lot of the time people think all the sound is there, the car is screeching, gunshots, you know, everything but music. But actually... The job of the guy who's recording the sound while it's being shot is to just get the actors' voices and to not pick up backgrounds, not even their footsteps. If they're sitting at a table eating, you're not supposed to hear the forks and knives. You do, but they try to minimize that. And then what I do is I go 
go in and put all that stuff in, except we do it in a controlled way. So we can vary the levels of anything from cloth rustle to loud explosions. So I hire a crew of uh, editors if I'm on a big budget show, or sometimes just one other guy and myself will edit the sound, which includes footsteps, car engines, backgrounds, birds, tweeting, air, uh, something we call foley, which was anything that involves movement of like cups or feet or picking things up, setting them down, handshakes, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then once all the sound is edited, we take it into what we call a dub stage, or it's a mixing room, sound mixing room, but we call it a dub stage, and we dub it, meaning we mix all the sound to picture, and uh, we come out with a finished soundtrack. So that's a long-winded explanation of what I do as a supervising sound editor. <laughs> it sounds very cool and um, very interesting, though. It's a lot of fun. I, you know, I've been doing this for, I've been in sound over 30 years, and I've probably been supervising for over 20 and I still enjoy it. I mean, the great thing is that every film I work on is kind of a new experience. It, it's I liken it to making a custom car or a custom motorcycle. They they all do the same thing. You know, motorcycles do what they do. But when you build one, each one is custom to an owner's specifications. And, and in the case of movies, every soundtrack is different. And I, I worked at a company once that was bought by a larger conglomerate company, and they were trying to trim the fat and slim things down. And, and this company owned manufacturing plants and manufactured blinds and different things. And they were trying to explain to us how we could do this as an assembly line process. And we were explaining to them that we had actually streamlined the process, but because it's custom and because every client, every director, every studio wants something different, you can only make it. Uh, just slightly an assembly line. In other words, we, we all use the same tools. We use Pro Tools primarily. Uh, we have sound effects libraries. Different, different companies have different libraries, and you pull sound effects out of them. But when, for example, you have an explosion, every explosion is going to be different. depends on how big the fireball is, if there's debris, what environment it's in, gunshots. You don't want to use the same gunshot because it sounds stale and clients know that. So every experience is different, and because of that, it never gets old, it never gets boring, and each project is different. So I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds absolutely amazing. So let's go back to the beginning of your career. How did you get started? Okay, well, I'll, I mean, very beginning, you know, I was always kind of a a sound geek. I mean, in, in junior high school and high school, I was on the light crew and sound crew. And then in college, I happened to stop by the college radio station. And I thought that that was kind of cool. I hadn't figured out a major, but I just started hanging out there and doing radio shifts and commercial spot production. So I decided to make radio, TV, and film uh, my major at the University of Maryland. And then after that, um, I got a job I'd done a lot of internship, internships at radio stations while I was in college, sort of like I hear you're doing. And, uh, <laughs> and so it, internships are a big thing when you're in school. It's very important to do as many internships in a, in a diverse group of places as you can. In other words, when, you, when you're in high school or college, if you get an internship working at a radio station, you know, work there one year, then try to get an internship at another place, unless they're kind of moving up the ladder. I, I always suggest to students, and so that you have a varied resume when you get out of college. So the internships help. So out of college, 
got a job at a radio station in their master control, just, uh, it's, it's a little technical, but just monitoring what was going on air on both stations and logging things and, and, and keeping things going. It's hard to explain. But did that for a year, went to, got a job at National Public Radio in Washington, D.C., as an engineer, a mixer, so I would be, I would mix their various shows, their, their shows that were on air or shows that we would, um, uh, do post production for. So we would, let's say it's a show on Latin American culture, the producer would bring their elements in and I would mix them, you know, record the voiceovers, mix that in, or, uh, I got into doing live recording. So we were doing a lot of live remote jazz recording. So, for example, for New Year's Eve, we would broadcast to three different cities, say New York, Chicago, and then Los Angeles, as each time zone changed. And I think one year, I've been in different cities, one year I was in Detroit, so we were the second time zone. And Washington would hand off to us, we would cue the band downbeat, and then we would, uh, I would mix them live as they were playing, and we'd also record it uh, to stereo two-track, and then you know, we'd do our thing for a couple of three hours, or uh, three hours, and then uh, switch off to or no, an hour, whatever it was, <laughs> switch off to Los Angeles. And um, and so I got into doing that from that job. Uh, a friend of mine who I had actually mentored at uh, NPR had gotten a job at Lucasfilm up in San Francisco, George Lucas's company, you know, the guy that does Star Wars and all those movies. And I'd always wanted to work there, and she helped me get an uh, uh, entry-level job there in their transfer department. So I went from being one of the top mixers to a lowly transfer guy, but I, I took it in a heartbeat because it was an opportunity to grow. So I picked, mm -hmm. so within two weeks I quit my job, packed up all my stuff, moved to San Francisco with a guarantee of six months of work. And I ended up staying there six years. Huh? And then, uh, I got to the point where I wanted to, to branch out a little more because I was doing electronic maintenance I'd gone to electronic school while I was at National Public Radio. I did that full-time to get more knowledge. Um, but I was doing maintenance, I was doing transfer work, and I was doing video transfers and helping the sound designers a little bit. But I wanted to branch out and kind of do my own thing, so I got a job in Los Angeles as a mixer at a company, independent company on the Universal lot, did that for a year, and then went to Sony Studios as a sound editor and met John Singleton while I was there. He offered me the job to supervise uh, a movie called Poetic Justice, which I did, and that kind of started my supervisor, supervising sound editor career. And from there, I've done, I don't know, however many, 20-odd, 30-odd movies since then. Wow. So do you that's have any projects? Oops, sorry. No, I was just saying that's the thumbnail sketch <laughs> of what I've done. <laughs> So, so do I have any projects that I'm on right now? Or yeah, that's that what I was going to ask. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm currently working on a movie, just a fantastic movie called Selma, that comes out at, at the current schedule. It's supposed to come out uh, right before Christmas, I think. And what it is, it's about the Selma uh, Voting Rights uh, Act. Uh, well, the Voting Rights Act of 1965 that... Was I guess the process was started in Selma when Martin Luther King and a bunch of other uh, civil rights activists went to Selma to help minorities, to help blacks get the right to vote. Back in the 60s, uh, there was concerted effort to keep blacks from voting, so you had to, for example, you, to register to vote. It was all about voter registration. To register to vote, you had to know somebody who was registered to vote for, to help you, uh, to vouch for you. 
and of course blacks didn't know any and any people and and there were no registered blacks and and whites weren't going to vouch for them back in those days you also had to pay a poll tax so if you were 60 years old and you hadn't voted since you were 18 you had to pay all the poll taxes from back since you were 18 and, and eligible to vote you had to pass a literacy test where you had to be able to interpret supreme court rulings and and know all of the names of all 60 some odd uh, uh, federal judges in the state and, and ridiculous things that nobody knew. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Martin Luther King went down there, protested. They did a march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, and that's a big part of the movie. And so we, uh, as of this date, actually last night, we just screened the film for an audience uh, in Long Beach of about 350 people. And it had a tremendous uh, response. Uh, people applauded after it. Uh, they they do a whole thing where they have people fill out cards and they rate the movie. They rated it, and it, the, the numbers were really, really good. And we're, st- we're still not finished. We're, we're going to tighten up some scenes, and I think the numbers will go even higher. But it's just a great movie. The acting is fantastic. I mean, it's it's... Usually you, you work on a movie and you know they're good actors and some people are okay, but in this one, mm-hmm. everybody is top-notch. It's just amazing. It's almost like they're not acting uh, in a lot of cases. And the guy who plays Martin Luther King does the best interpretation of MLK I've ever ever seen, and I've seen a lot of different actors play him. So that's what I'm working we, we, on. We did a, what's called a temp mix, which is uh, a preliminary mix. So they gave us the picture, and we edited as much of the sound and as much sound effects as we could in the limited amount of time we had about a week to do to edit it and then take it in and mix it and we mixed uh till about midnight uh for two nights and then till about one in the morning the third night you know starting at about nine o'clock because there was just so much to do turned around got to the theater uh and played it for the audience last night and it was great so uh that's what i'm working on right now and i'm off until next week when when the show comes back after the studio gives notes and they start re-editing the picture. So I'll go back in and then start adding more sound and changing things and making it better. That's fantastic. I wish you the best of luck with that. And I'll probably end up going to see it. (laughs) Hope so. Yeah, I'm hoping for the best. And the uh, director is a woman uh, named Ava DuVernay, who's just, uh, she's amazing. This is her third uh, film, her last film, her biggest film, only cost $200,000, and that's small by independent standards. And this one's a $20 million film, so she's made a huge leap. And uh, so she, but she commanded commanded the actors, and she, when she was on the dub stage, she was like, she's a, she's a season pro. I mean, she was knowing, she knew exactly what she wanted, where she wanted it to go, how things should be, calling out numbers. At this footage, I'd like you to do this, 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 and this. And it was such a, a dream to work with her because a lot of the time people don't know what they want. They kind of have a feeling, but she she was able to tell you. She knew and uh, communicated it, and uh, so it was a, a great process to go through. Awesome. So a fun kind of question to end on. If you could do the sounds for any film, what would it be and why? Oh, boy. Um, I don't know if there's any one film. I mean, it's, it seems like... I mean... Uh, Boy, that that is a tough question because there's probably, you know, 30 films w- that would be the one that I'd want to do. For example, in between, uh, we we did uh, what we call a test screening. In other words, we check the movie. We check it at 10 o'clock in the morning. Then we play it for the audience at 7:30. 
And since I'm away from the city, there's no point in coming back home. So usually what we do is we stay at the theater. And the theater owners let us walk around and see whatever movies we want. Mm-hmm. So I went and saw uh, Denzel Washington's uh, new movie, uh, The Equalizer. And it was a really good sound job. I haven't looked up who did it. But I would have liked to have done that movie because there were just a lot of sound opportunities. And there are in Selma, but they're different. But uh, I love doing action movies. So just... Uh, any number of action movies I would love to have done. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I saw that, and that was fantastic. Great sound job. Would have loved to have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, would have loved to have uh, worked on any of the Star Wars movies or Apocalypse Now, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, and one of the first movies that really got me interested in sound was a Gene Hackman movie called The Conversation, which is just a tremendous sound job by Walter Murch, who did the supervising and mixing of it. So there are lots of them I could go on, but that's just some of <laughs> Very, very cool. And thank you so much for talking with me today. You've been absolutely oh, amazing. Welcome. And uh, again, I wish you the best of luck on your new film that's coming up and all the films that you do in the future. Great. And, and good luck in your career too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Nice talking to you. Hi, it's Rodney Allen Rippey at the 20th Annual LA Film Fest. I am one of the media advisors of the Teen Day Radio Broadcast, and we are here today with... Isabella Blake Thomas. Hi, guys. Um, I'm 11, I'm Isabella, and I'm an actress. Wow, you're an actress. So this is a great film festival that's going on, and so how were you involved with it today? Well, today, actually, I'm here as press, like you, and um, I'm here with U Plus Project, they um, are an online talent platform for young people to turn their talent to enterprise where young people can show, share and sell their work. It's for under 25 and it covers all categories. And I'm here with them today interviewing, so it's fun to be on the other side and asking lots of questions to people in the movies and in the film industry. It seems that you are very, very versed at interviewing. I you're, I was talking to your wonderful mom, and she said that you have done some really cool interviews lately. Who, who have you just recently interviewed? So actually, I've just been, um, the last interview I've just done was with um, some people from, some, some young people from the Relativity, and they're here doing the interviewing, so I was actually giving them some interviewing tips, but I've just interviewed someone called Jonathan Wysocki, and he did a short. He wrote and directed a short film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also I'm going to be interviewing the people from Earth to Echo, and another movie and another short film called Ravi. Wow, that's great! You know, and so what? What are your plans? You know, starting out as a young person, what would you say to young people? You're only 11, but you're so professional. You're so polished. What is your secret? Well, actually, it probably helps because I've been acting since I was four, and I've probably been interviewing for a couple of years, um, most of the time with U+, the not-for-profit I was talking about, and um, and they're a great site, and it's, it's incredible, and I love doing it. Everyone's really nice, and it always helps if you're really personal with them. That's very true. That's very true. And if you could give a young person um, some advice... What would you say to another 11-year-old who maybe, you know how it is when you're young and you're not sure about yourself or where you want to go, what type of advice would you give? Well, I think it helps in the interviewing side of things if you really um, look up 
about the person or the, the movie that you're that you're talking about otherwise you kind of sound a little bit silly if you don't know who you're interviewing or what you're talking about mm -hmm. and it helps on that with the interviewing but for the acting side of things use your life experiences because there's no point in making it up and thinking I think this is what it would be like if there's something you want to get across in your scene then Think of the thing that you want to get across and build from there by thinking, so let's say I wanted to get across that my favourite colour was blue. Mm -hmm. um, I could build from there and think of all the other categories covering it, like, well, the sky is blue. I live near the sunset, so that's the sky and that brings it back to blue. And so lots of other things like that always help. Very, very creative. You know, we really look forward to seeing you on the red carpet, on the big screen, Okay, and if you had a wish, who would you, if you had a, a person you'd like to work with, what would be a great actress or actor that you'd like to work with? Oh, well, that's a really good question because I have so many. But actually, one who, um, who, was one of, who is still one of my idols, unfortunately I can't work with her anymore mm -hmm. um, because she is sadly not here, but Audrey Hepburn or Marilyn Monroe. Wow. So they would be my idols. Yes, those are two big superstars. Well, you know what? It was very nice for you to spend time with me. We hope you have fun here at the LA Film Fest, and we look forward to seeing you on the big red carpet. Thank you. It was lovely meeting you, too. You're listening to our Teen Day Arts and Entertainment Special on 91.7 The Edge, Radio Airlift, and the Teen Day Radio Network. Fall semester is here, and so are homework assignments, book reports, and class projects. What better way to get an A than using the Westwood Public Library? There are resources like Public Internet, The Student Zone, and plenty of books and magazines to help get your assignment finished on time. For details, call 310-474-1739 or click lepl.org. Teen Day is proud to be a careers partner with the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. If you're seriously pursuing a career in broadcasting, WBA is the place where you can get the scoop on all of the latest news and career information focusing on Wisconsin broadcast stations. The WBA offers seminars like the Winter Conference and State Legislative Day January 20th and 21st at the Concourse Hotel Madison. For a full schedule of events, visit wi-broadcasters.org. Teen Day and the WBA, a win-win to start your broadcast career. Sagan is one of the culture's hottest fashion styles. Have you ever thought, when you bought and got caught by this fad, who it really benefits? Reputation and appearance play major roles in your future. Are you willing to risk and compromise that by showing your butt to the world? Don't let anything keep you from reaching your potential. Check out our website and change your life. For the better. Visit PullYourPantsUpNow.com to find out how you can reclaim your name. You can bag without the sag. That's PullYourPantsUpNow.com. You're listening to WSUW Whitewater, Wisconsin, and Radio Airlift, Beverly Hills, California, on the Teen Day Radio Network. Now back to our Teen Day Arts and Entertainment special on 91.7 The Edge, Radio Airlift, and the Teen Day Radio Network. Hey, you're listening to 91.7 The Edge and the Beverly Hills High School Station. I'm Amanda. I'm sitting here in a Wisconsin library, and I'm talking to Summer, who made this cool film called While We're Asleep, and it's so adorable. So, Summer, can you tell me a little bit yeah. about the film? Yeah, of course. Um, I was a part of a program called Real Girls, which is based in Seattle, Washington, 
Um, and it's a program uh, to help young girls uh, create films and um, learn about the industry so uh, we can have the tools to be a part of it. Um, so I was in a particular program called the Apprenticeship Program, which is an advanced program um, for real girls that have been there for a while. Um, and I joined a group with a couple other young women, and we brainstormed some ideas and decided that we wanted to kind of give a voice to children because we felt like they don't often get represented in the media or listened to as uh, valuable, you know, voices. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we decided we wanted to talk to children and what better thing to talk about than their dreams. Exactly. So we got, exactly. <laughs> so we got, um, you know, a list of children we knew in the community and just started to interview and see what would happen. And it uh, just started to unfold. It was incredible. We talked to about 10 different children between the ages of 5 and 10 and asked them questions about dreaming, what they thought about dreams, what they've been told. And it, it became a really great piece. It's about seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it just kind of made itself. Cool. So, yeah. While We're Asleep is the film I saw, but do you have any other ones that you've made? Um, yeah, I've made uh, a few other pieces. I'm now studying um, in New Mexico in Santa Fe University of Art and Design. Mm-hmm. So I have independently made a few other pieces from the skills I've learned at Real Girls. Awesome. So yeah. you've made a couple films. Out of those films, which one would you say was your favorite? You know, I'm just going to have to go back to While We're Asleep. It was just so great to work with children. Um, I love working with kids. I've worked with them my whole life. <laughs> and um, it's just been getting a lot of positive feedback. And it's it's uh, been about three years since I, we made it. And it's still, you know, every once in a while here, I'll get an email. Or we just got recognized um, at the Seattle International Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And so... It's just a, it's a great piece that just keeps keeps on giving. Well, yeah, it's so adorable and perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. So, how long did it take you to make where you, while we're asleep? Um, so the pre-production process took uh, a couple weeks of planning, figuring out which kids we wanted to use. Um, you know, contacting the parents, you know, make, getting some consent forms signed, figuring out the questions. And then it was a matter of just a couple, maybe a week or so of, uh, of interviews. And surprisingly, we, we got a lot of um, footage, you know, hours on in hours of footage <laughs> to cut down to that small little seven minutes. Um, oh, so I would, oh, yeah, no, it just took maybe about a month, I would say. Cool. Um, yeah. How did you pick the kids to be in the film? Because if I had to do that, I would be like, oh, you're so cute, but you're so cute and you're all cute. Just all be in it. Yeah. I mean, it was really, it was a difficult decision. We, we used, um, pretty much everyone we interviewed. We wanted to try to give everyone a spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, you know, all the kids we talked to, like most kids are just very, you know, thoughtful and, um, intelligent. So we were able to get some really good sound bites and some cute little pieces from them. And, you know, we, we had to cut out a lot of stuff that we were hoping to save 
but we wanted just to create a piece that people could stay interested in that would hook them. Um, so just cutting a lot of great pieces out, I guess, is just part of the craft. Yeah. And we kind of had to, you know, know that. We wanted it to be like a 30-minute piece, but we weren't sure if people would stay with us the whole time. Yeah. Um, so what was your objective for the film? Like, what did you want to get across from this? I think, you know, to start off, we were just trying to figure out something to make. Mm-hmm. We were, we thought it would be interesting. We thought it'd be kind of cool to talk about dreaming, you know, something I think a lot of people like to discover more about. Um, and then really towards the end of the project, we felt like it was so important that we got these kids out there. We actually interviewed uh, two child psychologists that kind of focus in dreaming um, and children's dreams, but they just weren't as interesting <laughs> as the kids. Um, and we, it kind of felt like we weren't giving the kids the, the respect and, the, and the, the outlet that we were hoping if we, if we added those, you know, experts. Because you wanted the kids to be the experts in our movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you, you're in school right now. I am, yeah. Would you say that you have more or less time now that school has started to work on films? Well, you know, I actually am studying film <laughs> in school. Um, so, I have... Yeah, that's a good question. It's, it's kind of a little of both. I have uh, the projects that I'm supposed to be making, which I have a lot of time for because that's just built into my school. Yeah. Um, so part of it is I don't have as much time to do all the creative things I would like to do. Um, but I'm also working towards the goal of getting a degree in filmmaking. So it kind of uh, goes both ways. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. last thing. Do you have a website or any way people can contact you to get a hold of you or anything? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, my, my work is um, displayed on at the Real Girls website, so uh, realgirls.org, and that's R-E-E-L-G-R-R-L-S dot O-R-G. Um, and, you know, I'm working on a few different... YouTube and Vimeo pages, but none of them are totally (laughs) uh, up and running yet. So we'll just keep in touch about that. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, of course. And it was awesome to talk to you, and I wish you all the best of luck in your future and your filmmaking, and I hope your YouTube channels take off and things like that. Yeah, thank you very much. Hey, it's Amanda, and I'm here with BJ Douglas. How is it going today? I'm doing fine, Amanda. That's great. So why don't we start by you telling me a little bit about yourself? Oh, yeah, I'm an actor. I've been on Good Time, Jefferson, Power Rangers. I did The Wait on Flavor of Love. I've done four movies. Uh, Humanity's in. I was in one of the, the number one horror movie in the 2010 New York Film Festival called The African. I prayed The African. This song is it's online. That and Sunday School as well as tamales and gumbo. And I recently did the Queen Latifah show. Oh, how fun. She's like... Oh, a lot of... Yeah, she's a riot. (laughs) Oh, she's hysterical. Yeah. 
So I've heard that you've worked with Norman Lear. Can you tell me what that was like? Oh, Norman Lear was a genius. Um, I did Good Times, and he did also, I did the Roger Miller special with him. And um, it was just fascinating. I used to um, go to the lot. After I was on, did my, like my third Good Times, I'd seen Norman. I started to follow him around the studio. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize he's at eight, ten projects. I would keep like ten paces behind him. And I would walk through every security. I would just say, I'm with Norman, and they would let me right in. So I got a chance to go to the mod set, and um, I got a chance to meet Cleveland Little. All these fabulous people that I never would have met if it wasn't for Norman Lear. He didn't even know he was doing me a favor. <laughs> but he was a, he was a pure genius because he, uh, he would have like 10 shows going at once. And I realized that you can do 10 things at once because Norman Lear was uh, a, a genius also, I was there when Robin Williams did his, um, he did All in the Family. I was doing Good Times, and Robin Williams was doing mm-hmm. All in the Family. Wow. So, I was a huge Power Range fan when I was little. And oh, my God. <laughs> I watched every Power Ranger show there was, every movie, everything. I would play at recess, pretend I was a Power Ranger. So I'm going to be honest right now. I'm a little um, starstruck that I'm talking to a person who was on the Power Rangers. Oh, my. It was, I got on it um, Christmas 93. I got, I got the Power Rangers two days after Christmas of 1993. I was on the original Power Rangers. I played Zach's father, the, 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 the Red Ranger's dad. Yeah. And it was fascinating. It was like being on the Super Bowl. And I, got, I, I thought I was going to go down there. I, between you and me, you tell my starstruck. I had never heard of the Power Rangers. It was a brand new show. I go down there. It's like landing a job on Disneyland. Yeah. It's like the best Christmas present ever. Oh, uh, it was. It was. Because I, I, I have a fan club. And I call, my fan club is called United Rangers of America. Which I, I do through the schools throughout Southern California. That's so cool. Yeah, I get free ice cream from Ralph's. Kroger Zones Ralph. So they give me ice cream for, for 700 kids. Every Friday, so I get to do a different school and go out and have an ice cream party. Um, thank God for Kroger's and Ralph's. And how come I haven't been in- invited to one of those ice cream parties? Oh, you're invited to the next one. We're going to be at um, Martin Luther King Elementary School, and then we're going to do um, Bunch Elementary School. Anytime you, you're in Southern California, come out. All right. And, um, one of my... Okay, one of my schools, um, I have two Blue Ribbon schools. They're, they're the top schools in Southern California. Tibby and um, Jefferson Elementary made Blue Ribbon schools. And we're going to do a special, special Halloween party with Rodney Allen Rippey and myself at Jefferson Elementary School. We're going to have all kinds of stuff. Well, I, I know Rodney. I've talked to him. I'm going to have to fly out there or something. Drive down, run, oh, bike, whatever. <laughs> Rodney is a, is a big four-year-old kid the kids love him he comes out and you know he gives a speech to the kids and we have a program called score in school and rodney helps me promote that and he is doing a great great job so god bless rodney allen rippy can you tell me what it is exactly that he's helping you promote well we're promoting education the, the program is called score in school and we want children to focus on what their american dream is and uh, we want to tell children that they are Americans and the, that we're in the number one nation in the world and that they should be thankful, their attitude should be thankful, and that they can accomplish anything they want to in life as an American. And uh, we, want, we want to instill that into their, into their mind 
so they can um they can get good grades in school and they can you know be academically you know just 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 grateful that they're Americans, which we we all should be. Yeah, that's definitely something that anyone could support. Yeah, because uh, like I was in the Air Force and I the division care. I worked in pediatrics when I was in the Air Force, so I, I worked with children. Um, once I started working with children, I got real good at it. So I figured I, when I, once I got out, I could do a volunteer thing. So I'm just thankful that I'm an American. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, you'll have to tune in to our Veterans Day special then that we have coming up. Oh, when is that coming up? Um, and we're going to record it on Veterans Day, and then we'll, the airtime is to be determined. Oh, that's going to be silver. Yeah, you'll have to listen like said, to that. Oh, yeah, I told you I was in the Air Force, and I did... Um, I worked. At, I went from um, pediatrics to internal medicine, and I ended up as an ophthalmologist assistant in the um, medical field. So um, I had a great time when I was in. And like I said, my roommate was from Wisconsin, so we did a lot of celebrations in San Antonio. We had a ball. We had nothing but fun. Yeah, I bet. So you're an actor. What has been your right. favorite thing to act on? Oh, I, I told you. The, uh, I did a wedding on Flavor of love with Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav, I don't know if he was, a, he was really a super, super celebrity. Mm-hmm. And he let me come in. You know, it was a reality show. I like the reality shows where they tape because you can, you know, you, you can do whatever you want almost. Yeah. But this this guy, to me, you talk about being starstruck. Flavor Flav was really up there. Yeah. And he was one of the nicest guys. I've worked with Jimmy Walker you know, with certain guys, you know, that were nice. But Jimmy Walker was good because he'd buy me lunch all the time. And um, I worked with Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney's a comedian, one of the greatest comedians on earth. And now I have a guy named Joey Gaynor that we started out together at the Comedy Store in Argus Hamilton. And we're going to start doing fundraisers to help children go things like to the zoo and stuff like that. But Argus, Joey, and myself, we're going to be the new Three Stooges. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, well... I think that's all the time we have today, unfortunately. Thank you so much for talking with me. Um, it's been awesome to talk to one of the Power Ranger people who are on the oh, show yeah. and just been really, really cool. Oh, yeah. Also, I want to say thank Teamsters Local 572 because they give me free transportation to take the children to like Universal Studios, Knoxbury Farm, Legoland. You know, I don't have to worry about paying the bill for a bus. So um, yeah. let's give a special shout-out to Rick Middleton, who is um, getting out of the hospital right now, so he's doing a great job. And when I, want, I just want to say God bless you, Rick Middleton, and Team Local 572 in Carson, as well as um, the mayor of Compton in um, City Hall. And we're going to be working on doing a, thing, a special thing for General Benjamin O. Davis, the first Afro-American general, and his son, General, general Benjamin O. Davis, who was the first four-star general, and I'm um, going to honor both of them, and Rodney Allen Rippey and I are working on that program right now. All right, cool. Well, thanks again, and wish you the best of luck in everything else that you do. And God bless you, Anna and Dan, and thank you for having me on your program. Thanks for talking. Okay. All right. You have a good day. Thanks, you too. Hey, it's Amanda, and I'm here on the phone with none other than Wendy. So, Wendy, um, what exactly is it that you do? Um, well, right now, I'm, you could say, beginning my career. I'm the start of my career working with Global Girl Media, a nonprofit organization that trains young girls from um, 
low-income neighborhoods, and they train them to work with cameras, journalism, and um, so much to have a voice in media. Awesome. How did you hear about the program? I heard about this program back in 2011, in the summer of 2011, by my school teacher. They were looking for girls to be part of the program, so I had nothing else to do for summer, so I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. You did this video that I just watched about um, a 12-year-old girl who got pregnant. Can you tell me more about yes. that? Mm. Well, I know this girl because um, she goes to my church, mm -hmm. and um, when we were doing the training, we were asked to... Um, we were asked to talk about issues that we see that... Um, that we that we saw that were more important that we saw that needed our point of view that needed to be told to the public. So teen pregnancy was um it became a big issue around us at that time. So we wanted I wanted to put a story out there about this young girl that I had met and that I knew that she got pregnant at such a young age. Yeah. So you're like you knew her before and you were kind of friends with her yeah that's correct would you say that the video has made you two closer um in a way yeah because i got to show her story and she she opened up to me mm -hmm. for this story so i would say yeah so are you in school right now not like no right now, i'm not like the like you know you're a student <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's fine. So, school had just re has just recently started. Do you think you have more or less time to work on videos now? Um, I would say it's 50-50. If I rearrange my schedule and everything, I know I will find a way to make, to work on videos and be good at school and everything. Does your school have, like, classes for videos and stuff? Um, um, yeah, but you have to... You have to like, there's like a whole process for it, but the which I'm working on this because I do want to get involved in my school and making videos and all that. Yeah. So can you see yourself getting like a career in the future in this sort of thing, making videos and stuff? Yeah, yeah. That's that's my main career that I want to do. Okay. Cool. So have you made any other videos? Besides the teen pregnancy um, video, yes, I have worked on other videos. Mm -hmm. um, like another one that we that I worked with for Global Gun Media was um, this. Um, I forgot what it's called, <laughs> but um, we have done other videos than just than just that one. It all could be found in our website, globalgunmedia.org, if you're interested. Awesome. So, do you go to, like, other film festivals, or, like, any at all? Yeah, I got the chance to go to the Los Angeles Film Festival, I want to say, last year. Okay. My video, my video was shown in the, in, uh, in the Young Film Festival. And did it receive any awards or anything? Um, yeah, I received an award with the girls, um, 
But um, <laughs> sorry, my head is not here right now. There's just so much that went on that keeping track of the names is hard. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> what else do you do in your free time? Mm, I like to watch movies and take a look at the different angles that they do. Because mm -hmm. so that's my main... Your main... Yeah, keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you. That's <laughs> uh, okay. That's my main goal, to, to be able to... Um, become a cinematographer to work with um, studios, movie studios, and create movies that we all see. And I want to be the one that that captures that scene that you like so much. And that's why I love watching movies on my free time because I get to learn from those movies and from the different angles that they give, like other types. Just learn from them. That's what I like. So now that you've made these videos, when you sit there and watch the movies, do you find yourself, like, judging the, what other directors do? Yes. Yeah. That, that's right. That's what I do. So, okay, kind of a fun question. If you could direct any movie that's out in theaters right now, which would it have been? Well, this is an old movie, but it's my ultimate favorite movie. It would be The Breakfast Club. Awesome. Why would you yeah. say that's your favorite? Why would you want to direct it? Um, because it talks about high school mm -hmm. and um, issues that come up in high school but are not really talked about. Like, I made a whole, for my senior senior um, project for high school, um, I did a project on... Based, not based on the movie, but the issues that were talked about in that in that movie about popularity and nerds and geeks and all that. Mm -hmm. So that movie really influenced my way the way I saw high school because I started to notice that that is true and it's like it just made me see high school differently than other, how others see high school. So would you say that's kind of your goal when you make your videos, to, like, uh, give someone a new perspective on something? Yes, yeah, that's I, yeah. Yeah. Are there any other reasons you make movies or videos or, and stuff like that? Um, besides the, the, um, besides, um, the reason to, like, to give a, the people a new perspective, mm -hmm. um, pretty much, pretty much, like, give them a whole new message. Give them the different point of view, different, give them the different angles of the story. Because there's so many angles to a story. It's just, if people are willing to talk about the good and the bad. So if you could pick any topic to talk about or make a video about, what, what kind of topic would it be? Would it be like sad and depressing or like really serious or would it have like a lighter tone? Um, um, I don't know how with um, this topic that I'm thinking about will be categorized, but I'm thinking more like about women in media and women and religion and the whole concept of how religion is affecting everyone, but especially the women. Mm -hmm. So in a way it could be interesting, but sad at the same time because I've done some research lately and um, most of it is somewhat sad. So, 
Would you say that maybe that could be a new up-and-coming project that maybe we see in the near future? Yeah, possibly. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So, how do people get to see your videos? I know you mentioned earlier a website, but do you want to just repeat it real quick so everyone can know again? Yeah, our website is globalgirlmedia.org. Okay, and how do they get directly to your videos? Are they just all there, or like um, a certain thing? Because our organization is located in different places. Like, we have um, training programs in Morocco, South Africa, Chicago, London. So you just go under Regin, sorry if I'm saying it wrong, but um, just, just go under Los Angeles and you'll see all the videos that we've been doing and Team Pregnancy will come up there. Alright, cool. Thank you so much for talking to me today. You have been absolutely awesome and I wish you, you the best of luck in your film career and everything else. Thank you and thank you for giving me this opportunity to... Um, give a little bit about myself and my career and what I want to do in life. Oh my gosh, of course. Yeah, totally. You're listening to our Teen Day Arts and Entertainment Special on 91.7 The Edge, Radio Airlift, and the Teen Day Radio Network. Are your carpets ready for the holidays? How about your favorite chair or sofa? Pro Carpet Rescue is certified and has over 15 years experience in pet stains, odor removal, and upholstery cleaning. All stains are different and need to be treated differently. Their truck-mounted hot water steam extraction gets down deep to where the dirt is, in the fibers. For details and information, visit ProCarpetRescue.com or by calling 262-949-4929. Since 1988, Diversified Personnel Services has been connecting motivated people with top employers in Jefferson Dodge in Dane County along with the Lake Country and surrounding areas. Employers who partner with DPS fund vital vocational programs for youth and adults with disabilities and other barriers to employment. More information about DPS is available by contacting Ann Jan Court at 920-563-2437 or visiting dpsworks.com. Teen Day is proud to be a careers partner with the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. If you're seriously pursuing a career in broadcasting, WBA is the place where you can get the scoop on all of the latest news and career information focusing on Wisconsin broadcast stations. The WBA offers seminars like the Winter Conference and State Legislative Day January 20th and 21st at the Concourse Hotel Madison. For a full schedule of events, visit wi-broadcasters.org. Teen Day and the WBA, a win-win to start your broadcast career. Want to follow the pulse of the west side of Los Angeles? Want to know all the latest news and events from Beverly Hills to Santa Monica? WestsideToday.com is updated daily with top news as it breaks. And video featuring hot happy hours, top dining spots, and local events. Covering Santa Monica, Venice, Malibu, Westwood, West LA, Brentwood, Century City, and Beverly Hills. WestsideToday.com is the source for local news. You've been listening to our Teen Day Arts and Entertainment Special presented by 91.7 The Edge, Radio Airlift, The Daily Jefferson County Union, Mirror Media Group, Ripped Marketing Group, Los Angeles Public Library, and the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. The WBA is proud to support the mission of the Teen Day Broadcasting Program, a community educational program through WSUW-FM and Radio Airlift for teens interested in pursuing broadcast careers. We'd like to thank Adam Cooper, BJ Douglas, Greg Hedgepath, 
Isabella Blake Thomas, Summer Rosemary, and Wendy Garcia for being our featured guests. Pro Carpet Rescue and Diversified Personnel Services is the Teen Day Sponsorship Team. To learn more about the Future Filmmaker Showcase, visit LAFilmFest.com. This concludes our Fall 2014 Teen Day broadcast season. On behalf of the entire Teen Day broadcast team, we thank you for listening and remember to continue supporting independent films.